welcome to Backboard Banter, On the Board, with your hosts Matt Middleton and Kevin Rayner, where the Banter's eyes for us Tyree Kill against the Eagles this weekend, my friend. 11 catches, 186 yards, 3 TDs. The man went off. Absolutely necessary. I'm not going to say they're a struggling team, but a big bounce back win for the Chiefs. Oh man, I think you could call them a struggling team after losing uh, two weeks in a row. Um, not not a great look for them. Definitely not something that's happened to them a lot during the Patrick Mahomes era. Uh, and Tyreek Hill was being shut out the last few games. Kelsey was eating, but you know the Eagles decided we're not going to let Kelsey eat. And Tyreek was like, okay, my turn. I'll do it. Well, that's the beauty of why this team is so dangerous, right? You know, you have to decide which hand that you're gonna let eat, which which you know cookie jar you're gonna let stolen from. Like that's that's the beauty of this team, at, at the end of the day, and why they're so good. Absolutely, and I it's why I think they're still gonna win the Super Bowl, my friend. Um, we'll we'll reveal the power rankings a little bit later, man. But I had a really big miss in the NFL this week. <laughs> um, I thought the Browns Viking game was gonna be good. Uh, it was really good if you like defense. I mean, a 14-7 to 7 score in the NFL is pretty, pretty low. Um, I really thought Kirk Cousins and, and Baker Mayfield would have had better games, but they both kind of were mediocre, and Cleveland's defense is great. Minnesota's is, is mediocre, and, and that's why, you know, 14-7 to 7 happens. I mean, things happen. You can't always be right, Matt. You know, unfortunately, you took a double L because Carolina they also lost you you had so much hope against america's team against the cowboys and they just couldn't do it man carolina played decent but the cowboys are a much better team than i anticipated uh that draft pick micah parsons he is the ultimate chess piece for that defense he goes from linebacker to defensive end seamlessly um i was definitely wrong about uh the miami uh, defensive end winning um defensive player of the year defensive rookie of the year it's gonna be michael parsons (laughs) hey well you know you can't always be right as we mentioned earlier but when it comes to football unless it's the playoffs and my luck comes up you're always gonna beat me my dude (laughs) hey man yeah i do know football i mean i like that that browns or the broncos ravens game i thought that was gonna be a good game but the ravens absolutely blew them out after teddy bridgewater went down with injury i mean i couldn't have predicted that but, I mean, Teddy is a little fragile, so I, I should have kind of tempered my expectations. Speaking of another guy who's super fragile, man, Jimmy G. Can't make it out of October, can barely make it <laughs> into October this year. Um, Trey Lance looked good, though, in, in that loss. I know they lost, but he was 9, nine of 18, 157 yards. Yeah, he had a monster touchdown to Debo Samuels, who was wide open. But 117 passer rating's not bad. Uh, the Seahawks did get the solid win, though. They needed that after being 1-2 and two and losing to the to the Vikings the other week. So that's a tough division, though. Like, you've got the Cardinals at 4-0, the Rams at 3-1, and one, and then Seahawks and 49ers are 2-2. Two and two. That's that's a tough one, my friend. I mean, it's it's unbalanced in certain ways, too, right? Like, you're going to have those those teams in those divisions that are just full of studs, especially with, with the way that it fluctuates throughout time. Well, that's the reason that I'm not a huge Cowboys fan is because they do get to play the Eagles twice. They get to play the huh. Washington football team twice. They get to play the Giants twice. Whereas these teams all have to play each other twice, and they are all great teams. I mean, nobody would have predicted the Cardinals coming into SoFi Stadium against the LA Rams and absolutely throttling them. I guess the the Rams had a big letdown after a huge win over the defending champs Tampa Bay. 
but Kyler Murray looking like an MVP candidate on a third and 16, just scrambling for 16 yards like it's no big deal. The guy is a video game character out there. It is wild to watch. Um, he's probably my second favorite quarterback right now behind Patrick Mahomes. I mean, of course, Patrick's going to be your favorite with the things that he does. But it's wild. Yeah, everyone thought the Rams were going to be just, like, continuing to climb. But huge upset win. And we'll see uh, when Matt's list comes around if the Rams fall at all. I'm not going to rush you to it, my friend. Yeah, man. I, we still got some other games. We got the Chargers and the Raiders. I couldn't believe how badly the Chargers <laughs> absolutely stomped the Raiders. Uh, Derek Carr did not look anything close to the MVP candidate that he's been for most of the season. Joey Bosa coming out and calling him weak and soft. Um, Derek Carr took offense to that, but you know, watch the Raiders come out and have a great game this week. Uh, don't don't make people angry because they're just gonna work extra hard. Well, you don't want to sleep on them, right? Like, look at the Chiefs and their bounce back. You know, like, you don't want to do that. Yeah, they bounced back against the Eagles, though, so it was a pretty, like, weak team, and the Eagles moved the ball on them at will. Like, Patrick Mahomes needed all 40 points to win, so they've got to fix that defense. And then there were two big uh, releases slash cuts this week. Uh, Jalen Smith of the Dallas Cowboys of that linebacking core, he was slated to be a top-five pick before he blew out his ACL in the title game, uh, his title game at Notre Dame. And then fell to the second round. He was a great player for a couple of years there, but he's kind of fallen off. His speed's kind of dwindled. I guess, you know, you blew out your knee, it's going to come back and haunt you. Um, but I was hoping they would sign him. No, he got signed by the Green Bay Packers, I believe. And then Stefan Gilmore, who's probably like a top five cornerback in the NFL, he's not playing right now. He's coming back from surgery. Um, so he's not 100% healthy, but the Patriots were going to release him. And then that was the big news. And then right before, I guess it was official that they released him, they traded him to Carolina for a sixth round pick. So again, Kansas City misses out on that. I really thought he would probably end up in Tampa Bay, though. Uh, you know, Tom Brady, Stephon Gilmore, Bel Belichick and Brady were talking for a good 20 minutes. You know, Tom was probably like, yo, my pass defense is really bad, really bad this year. Can you can you help me out? I really need another <laughs> chip. And Bill's like, ah, oh, whatever, man. <laughs> I... I kind of love the media conversation around it because there's so many sides of it where it's like, oh, they had this super quick hug. I love how also the camera like waited. They knew Belichick was going over to find Brady and they just were like holding on Brady forever. And then there's just this like, can I just say terrible angle that you ended up with after holding there for like a good 30 seconds, you know, quick little <laughs> hug, quick little thing. But yeah, of course they went back and had a conversation later. Like they're not dumb, you know, like I just love the media. I was just like, oh, oh this, that, the other thing. Man, Belichick isn't going to just show all of his emotion on camera. He's one of the most emotionless people when it comes to the media, and that is on purpose. Um, so he's going to have his emotional chat with Tom Brady in a private room for 20 minutes after the game. Um, that was my game of the week, though. Um, not because it was the best game of the week in terms of actual play. Uh, the rainstorm kind of held that up. But Mac Jones played really well against Tom Brady. Uh, Tom Brady struggled against that New England defense because they know him so well. Like, it, they were doing things that he just couldn't read. But he ends up pulling it out. Um, and unfortunately, Belichick doesn't have any faith in Mac Jones. Hopefully, Mac can earn a little bit more trust, a little bit more confidence. Because, you know, 19 straight completions, that was pretty good. I mean, he was sad. Look, Like, Mac was sad looking at the end of that game because he came this close to pulling one out against the greats and 
Honestly, the game answered a lot of questions for me as a fan looking into it because obviously, you know, I've been following Brady and it's been interesting with the return to go back and face Belichick. And I think pundits can kind of shut up now. Like, Belichick has proved that he's capable of disrupting a player like Brady, especially because he knows him so well. And Brady, as the GOAT, is still capable of pushing his way through that wall and getting a W at the end of the day. And we got to see stuff out of the young rookie as well. So, like, kind of a win all around, in my opinion. Yeah, best storyline of the week for sure, which makes it the best game. Uh, again, Tom Brady and that explosive offense being shut down by Bill Belichick was the one of the surprises of the week. But the biggest surprise is the upset of the week. Oh, the man. New York Jets, <laughs> after getting shut out, come out and they win against the Tennessee Titans 27-24 to in overtime. Tennessee, this is your second major, major big loss that i'm just like i can't even put them anywhere near my top 10 this year i they're bottom half of the league for me um which is kind of sad because they got derrick henry ryan Tannehill was playing pretty well i like julio jones i like aj brown but and i know they were without them this week but just just bad when when you lose to the jets i'm sorry you just did not a competitive belonging from you at that point like it's, it's, it's awesome for Jets fans that they got a W this early in the season. You know, big win, 27-24. You got to love it. But, yeah, you can't be losing games against the Jets. Not not like this, Matt. Man, they made uh, Zach Wilson look very, very comfortable and very confident. And he was able to do his off-schedule throws. He had a beautiful pass to Corey Davis for a touchdown. Um, and he, he got his first win. Trevor Lawrence still looking for his. So there's there's that conversation, too. Um, I just come on <laughs> how does Tennessee they must have the league's worst defense um, so maybe Trevor Lawrence can light them up too uh, but we're going to go into the games this week uh, tonight the Rams are going to try and bounce back after that loss against the Arizona Cardinals to the Seahawks I think that's going to be a fabulous game though the Seahawks are probably going to take the L in this one outside of Russell Wilson they're not a great team. He is the best passer rating in the NFL at 127.7, and they're 2-2. Two and two. Like, the guy has nine touchdowns, no picks. He is lighting the league on fire, and they're 2-2. Two and two. <laughs> Like, guys, figure it out. Man, he must cry at night thinking about that. That's just unfortunate. Oh, it's brutal for him, man. I, it's going to affect his MVP candidacy, too. Like, the guy is just never going to get an MVP which is so sad for one of the best quarterbacks of this generation. Um, Cleveland versus the Chargers is going to be a really good game. I think Justin Herbert proved to everyone that he could be on the level of Patrick Mahomes, which is really saying something. Um, the kid's super young and, and super smart, is developing, um, and he's going to have to play that Cleveland defense. That, that front seven is very, very difficult to play against. Baker Mayfield's going to look for a bounce-back performance against the Chargers, who have a very, very solid defense, as they proved against the Raiders. So I think this is going to be a tight one. I'm probably going to take the Chargers, just because I, I like them in this game. Um, I don't I don't love Baker Mayfield as opposed to Justin Herbert. I think that's, that's where the difference comes in. Staying out in the NFC West, or yeah, the NFC West, man, the Cardinals and 49ers. Uh, that's going to be a, a great game. That yeah. 49ers defense versus Kyler Murray, can they contain him? Can they keep him in? It's looking like it's going to be Trey Lance's first start. So let's see what the rookie can do, um, mm -hmm. which I'm pumped about because they just announced that Justin Fields is going to be the starter all the way for Chicago, who hasn't looked hey. great through two starts. But, hey, 
these kids got to play at this point, man. Andy Dalton's not doing anybody any favors. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, give them the opportunities. Come on. Exactly. And then Baltimore's probably going to wash Indy in this one unless Carson Wentz can really figure it out. But the games are pretty light this week in terms of high-end matchups. Uh, but the game of the week, what everybody's looking forward to, is Buffalo versus Kansas City. Buffalo, though they've been absolutely destroying teams. I mean, that 40 to nothing win against Houston this week is pretty Crazy. great. Josh Allen hasn't actually played amazing this season. He hasn't played up to the standard that he set last year to the contract that he signed. While Patrick Mahomes is still, even though he has some interceptions for the first time in his life in September, in multiple games too, like he's been throwing picks almost every week. Um, I still think he's he's the GOAT, man. And he's going to prove it this weekend with a big, big win over Buffalo and, and regain that top spot in, in everyone's power rankings across the league. Man, I was dying because I was messaging Austin after the huge W, and he was so amped. He's like, Bill's Mafia, we're doing this. It's going all the way. And I was just like, yeah, you're on a great streak. Hopefully you guys can pull out a win next week. And he's like, huh, who are we playing? And I was like, you're playing the Chiefs. And he's like, never heard of him. <laughs> it's just like, so funny. I- I'm the I'm the reasonable Bills fan at this point who's like paying attention and, and trying to figure out where it stands. But I think you're right, man. I think you got a lot of valid points there. It'll be a big test, right? Because at the end of the day, you know, Upsets have happened. The Chiefs have proved that they've fumbled a little bit throughout this season so far. And if they want to get back on track, they've got to get a big W. And if the Bills kind of want to be taken seriously, this is their opportunity to do it. Yeah, absolutely. The Bills need this win to prove that they're a very serious contender. And I know that that defense has been considered one of the top defenses in the NFL so far through four weeks. But their opponents haven't necessarily been world beaters on offense. I mean, you have the Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger, who everybody's calling to retire, <laughs> and they lost yep. that game. Um, granted, it was a defensive touchdown that, that won the Steelers the game. They did shut out the Dolphins with Tua getting hurt mid-game. Tua is not great. Kobe Brissett, they're not a great offense. Uh, then you have the Washington football team and Tyler Heineke. Yikes. Mm-hmm. And then you're <laughs> playing... I think the Mills-led Houston Texans, like, come on. Like, they haven't played any great offense. Um, And I think the Chiefs are going to be the first real, real test for this defense. So I'm looking for the Chiefs to light them up. Um, But it should be a good game either way. It's it's one that I will most definitely be tuning into this week. Absolutely. But that brings us to our top 10, my friend. Uh, Matt's top 10. It's kind of changed a little bit. I got a new team coming in this week, knocking out the Raiders um, and the 49ers. I got the Dallas Cowboys hey. they, at number 10, man. The big win over Carolina, an undefeated team. I liked what Carolina was doing, Sam Darnold, that defense. But Dallas really proved that they're cut above them, which really puts them into this top 10 category for me. Um, and then Green Bay coming in at nine. They're looking like week one was just a stumble out of the gate, uh, you know, a lot of people didn't play their their players in preseason. There was a one less preseason game this year, so maybe they took it as like a little bit of an exhibition game. Aaron Rodgers wants to shut all the critics down. They're on a three game win streak right now. I think that that continues. Um, so they they make number nine. 
even though Cleveland Browns didn't do great against the Minnesota Vikings, I still think Minnesota's like a top 15 team, definitely in the upper half of the league. Um, So I'll give the Browns number eight. Uh, Baker's definitely got to bounce back, and he's the reason that they're this low on my list because he lowers their ceiling, man. He's not a elite-level franchise quarterback. He's definitely a franchise quarterback, uh, top 15 in the league. Any team, you know, on the bottom half would love to have him on their roster, but when you're pushing towards Kansas City's, the the Buffaloes, the Tampa Bays, you, you got to go with other other players. And that brings us to, to Baltimore, man, with Lamar Jackson, who... On that last play, did you see how petty they were? They had that 100-yard rushing streak to, t- Wild. to tie the Steelers, so their biggest rival, and they went for it, and Vic Fangio was so mad. <laughs> uh, Call, you gotta, calling you out Harbaugh. Sometimes. You gotta love it. Oh, man. He was calling out Harbaugh, which is really funny, because Harbaugh was like, you were throwing it into the end zone with like a minute left. And you were down 16, so why were you trying to get a touchdown at that point? You're not going to win the game. Like, there's no 16-point play in in football. So, you know, a little back and forth there. We'll see if they ever meet again. It probably won't be till next year, not making the playoffs, the Broncos are, uh, even though they started 3-0. I would have just stared him in the eyes and been like, I'm doing it for fantasy players everywhere. <laughs> yeah, my fantasy week was pretty bad, so the extra three yards for Lamar weren't much for me. <laughs> Oh, Sag. <laughs> oh, but I got the Chargers. They jump up from 10 to, to 6 this week. They had a big win over the Raiders. They have a big win over Kansas City in their in their pocket. Um, yeah. I love what Justin Herbert's doing. That defense is legit. Um, so we'll see how hard they can climb. I was pretty high on the Raiders, and uh, the Chargers really knocked them down a peg in my books. Um, a team that's not playing great, but they have the GOAT on their side, Tampa Bay. Um he had an emotional game against um, the New England Patriots. They won that. Um, he didn't play great against the Rams, or that whole team didn't play great against the Rams, but it's still early. They're still trying to figure it out. Uh, it's too bad that they couldn't get a guy like Stephon Gilmore. Like, that would help their defense, but because their pass defense is just brutal at the moment, man. They are getting lit up. Uh, speaking about those Rams, though, Rams coming in at number four off a big letdown game. They dropped from number one to number four. I have been big on Arizona since last year. You know that, man. I try to keep oh, them in yeah. my top ten all the way through. Um, so I don't think that it's it docks them too much. But you know, an L is an L, and uh, at home especially against a good team, I got to take you down a little bit. Um, Buffalo having a forty and zero win coming in at number three. Um, I'm just nervous about Josh Allen not playing to the level he set up last year because I think if they if he plays to that level, they're definitely one of the top teams, if not the top team in the NFL. Uh, pretty scary that the fact that they're number three without him playing at this level, I'd like to see them beat a quality opponent. Uh, losing to Kansas City this week isn't going to knock them down too far in my rankings, but winning against Kansas City might help them to number one. Who knows? Because you got to hope. You got to hope, yeah. And I've got Kansas City at number two. Uh, they're two and two. Yeah, they're not, you know, leading their division. They're not leading the NFL. But Patrick Mahomes, and then you got to pick your poison with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Um, they need to fix their defense. They need something, someone to step up because that is, it's atrocious. But when Patrick Mahomes can score 40 points on a given week, you, you, you'll take your chances. 
you can get you can get away with it when you have the offensive firepower that this team puts up every week. Exactly. And then Arizona coming in hot at number one. Uh, Kyler Murray for MVP. Let's get it for him. The guy is unreal. Like I said, video game um, does what he wants. He's so small and just he's so effortless the way he flicks the ball downfield. The guy's got a cannon of an arm. This is a guy who was drafted in the top 10 in baseball and went number one overall in the NFL. He's a dual sport athlete and it's it's showing out there, man. So until they lose, man, Arizona's going to stay at the top of this ranking. I love to see it, Matt. A little bit of spiciness up top this week. Yeah, man, I can't stay with Kansas City. Even I'm not Nick Wright, you know. <laughs> he, he's gonna be a homer. He's gonna love Kansas City for forever. But when Arizona's playing as well as Arizona is, I know they haven't, you know, necessarily beat amazing teams besides the Rams. But hey, they're four and zero. Four and zero is four and a week ago, everyone thought the Rams were like this high. They were super high on them because of how they were doing, and this is a big upset. And you've stuck to your guns, Matt, since the beginning through this football season. You put K- you put Casey up top, and you said they ain't gonna fall until they lose some games and prove me wrong. And their defense is letting you down, and they've lost some games, so they're number two. So that's kind of hilarious at the end of the day. Yeah, man. But you know they're gonna start winning again, and they'll probably climb back. <laughs> Such is all right. Anything else, Matt? No, man. That's really it for the NFL this week. I'm pretty excited about next week. Uh, looking forward to watching some games. But uh, I think we have something else to talk about before we get to the NBA. We have to talk about my sadness, Matt. We have to talk about your curse from weeks ago. The fact that the Blue Jays came this this close to making it to the poke season. One of the best teams in baseball right now misses out because of an absolutely wild walk-off homer for the Yankees. And Washington absolutely Watching it, absolutely throwing the game versus uh, versus the Red Sox. Man, I'm still upset about it. They were up five one, five one, and lost the game five seven in the last four. Like, ugh, I'm 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 upset, man. That's all I can say. It's sad for Blue Jays fans everywhere, my friend. We are the ninth best team in baseball by entire league standards, which is crazy when you think about the fact that we had to play our own divisional opponents more often, which we have four of the top nine teams in baseball in our division. We've got number three coming in at Tampa Bay. I think uh, five and six were Boston and the Yankees. Like, just absolutely wild to think about when we have the fifth run differential and we still couldn't get into the postseason. A good consolation prize for all Jays fans out there would be seeing Vladdy win that MVP, though, my friend. And I think he's got a really good shot. Top five in, like, all major offensive categories. Otani might beat him out for what he does two-way, but gotta be vladdy right i mean he hit i think his 48th homer mm-hmm. in that game to make him have the most for a guy 22 years or younger ever like at the end of the day you have these two players that are being put up on, on these pedestals right you have vladdy and the things that he's doing as as a hitter at 22 years old in the league right now and then you have otani doing things that Honestly, most baseball fans have probably never seen in the league somebody who is capable of having such an all-around game. And that's why it's a fun conversation. And for us as Blue Jays fans, we want to lean to Vladdy. But it's not just because of our bias. It's because of his dominance. It's because of how many pitchers he's had think, oh man, I can't believe Vladdy's coming up and now i got to try to figure out how to get him through without having one you know, go through to the stands at the end of the day, right? Dude, he was number two in batting average he was number two in hits to his own teammate Bobachet. he was number one in home runs 
he was number five uh, five in runs batted in and number one in runs scored in the AL this year. If that's not an MVP season, I don't know what is. He was top five in OPS too. Like the guy is a monster, um, and he's twenty two years old, which is just absolutely great for Jays fan. I have a lot of hope for this team. They're young. They're gonna come back. Hopefully, being this close, right? Because baseball almost never comes down to you know this type of close race at the end of the postseason. You, you know, so hopefully this will put a fire under the boys, and they'll come back next season and be like, nah, we don't want to deal with this anymore. We want to go straight in, and it would be pretty epic if they could come back and get a hundred plus wins next year. It'd be epic, man, but it's gonna be a tough, tough task against the Rays, the Red yep. Sox, and the Yankees. That's the issue with this team. I mean, I, I saw some people talking about, you know, if this Jays core never makes the, the World Series, that's a huge failure but on management, which I kind of agree with. They've got, they're so young, they're so talented, but it's going to be hard to mm-hmm. keep all the pieces in place. Simeon's looking for a new deal this year, and he's going to get paid um, after hitting 48 home runs himself, Shit. which is the most yeah. by any uh, second baseman. I Not 48, but he hit 44-plus. Like, the guy was a monster. And then, so, you've got the Yankees, you've got the Red Sox, you've got the Rays, who are analytic geniuses with their pitching staff. Um, It's going to be tough sledding, but, you know, I think they can do it, man. I think that next year is going to be definitely a playoff year here in Toronto, which is going to be nice because hopefully, you know, the pandemic opens up a little bit more. I know people were, you know, packed stadium at the end there, which was really nice. Oh, yeah. I actually had a couple friends that I knew that were at that game myself posting all over social media, so... They'll be back. The Jays will be back. They proved this season that they have young talent, and it's exciting for Jays fans for sure. But, Matt, let's move on to the NBA now because there's some wild things to talk about. Just this morning, it is Thursday, by the way, for anybody listening to this. Just this morning, this massive fraud scheme has come out. I say massive. It's only $4 million, okay? But it's 18 former NBA players. They're all facing federal charges for defrauding the NBA's health and welfare plan. Matt, it's crazy. It includes like blank doctor's notes, you know, services not rendered. It's a widespread scheme that's from like 2017 to 2020 about like face re- fake reimbursement claims. And all of these people are probably going to prison, Matt. And the craziest part about it, they all walk away with like $200,000 each at the most. Like that's ridiculous. It's kind of nuts when they make so much money to defraud the NBA. It's just a weird, weird story. I don't know why they would have done that like like you guys are millionaires well i mean a lot of the players on this list were only you know five to ten to fifteen you know they're fringe players but like for a player like darius miles who made 62 million dollars in his tenure like it's an unfortunate struggle that we see where these players come in they start this lifestyle that they think that they can live and then eventually they're broke and now there's trouble now Terrence Williams is the true ringleader here. He's the one who was, you know, bringing everybody in on this. But players like Tony Allen, you know, having somebody like, you know, big baby Glenn Davis, Jamario Moon, a Raptors player, like, it's crazy that this is happening right now, and the NBA is putting the hammer down. These guys are all in super trouble. Good. Uh, Don't steal, man. Don't be a good person. Don't defraud (laughs) the system. Come on. I'm all about that. Hey man, all right, we can we could roll into the next topic, you know, this whole vaccine vaccine situation in the NBA. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about Canada's rules in a second because I want to start on, on with Wiggins and the fact that he makes these comments about how for him it was either he gets the vax or he doesn't play in the NBA. Great, good. That's how yeah. it should be at this point. You know, at the end of the day, 
you know, there's so many teams that are reaching this 100% vaccination rate. The league is at 95, 96, I think 97 maybe at this point. And, you know, there's certain players, a la Kyrie, who, who knows what the heck is going on there. But Jonathan Isaac. That, that, right? So at the end of the day, get your vaccine. You can live your life normally. If you're not going to get your vaccine, sorry. Until we get this pandemic under control, your life is being put into a box. It's just how it's going to be. 100%. And I get the, the trepidation of taking the vaccine as it's an active um, you know, action that you're taking as opposed to a passive action where you get COVID. Um, mm-hmm. So you're putting yourself at risk for those symptoms. But not getting vaccinated, you're putting yourself at risk for COVID sy- symptoms and long-term health effects from COVID. Everyone's talking about, well, we don't know what the vaccine is going to do to you long-term. You don't know what COVID is going to do to you long-term. Um, you know, the vaccine is going to cause infertility. Well, COVID could cause infertility. Um, you know, it, it's all these things where I'd rather take my chance with the synthetic drug that was studied, researched, scientific breakthrough that we have than some dangerous virus that is killing, you know, only 2% of the people. And I say only only 2%, but, you know, about 7 to to eight percent of other people who got it are going to have long-term major side effects for the rest of their life lung scarring all these bad things so i would just get the vaccine you'll be fine yeah it's crazy that like you know la has put in a vaccine mandate now but it's not going to apply to any visiting teams like good on canada you know i love it maximum six month fine or sorry six months in prison seven hundred fifty thousand dollar fine if you break in quarantine and having some criminal charges like Good job, Toronto. Good job, Canada. I'm proud of you at this point in time because, yeah, at the end of the day, I'm done with this, man. I don't even want to talk about it anymore. You get your vaccines, people. Get your vaccines. Yeah. I'm good to move on, man. There's, there's other topics. <laughs> well, let's talk about Ben Simmons because we have to talk about him every week at this point because it is a roulette wheel of information. What's going to happen? And I love memeing about Philadelphia and whether or not they're going to get the situation figured out. They are withholding money. The guy has been fined, I think, 360K, and he's going to get another 360K, I think, tonight when he doesn't show up for that game, and it's a wild situation. It's insane that they're doing this, but they have to set the precedent of not paying a player like this because if they pay him, other stars are going to take this and mm-hmm. be able to kind of leverage that situation. So good on the Philadelphia 76ers doing this to him. Uh, ben Simmons, man, either come back and raise your trade value to get traded or like i don't know you're gonna have to retire from the nba because it doesn't look like philadelphia is going to give up on you for for very little um i think it's absolutely wild that they're telling the toronto raptors that a package must include og and anobi plus plus like guys og could be better than ben simmons this season we haven't seen ben simmons ever average over 15 points a game or 16 points a game whatever it is i think last year he only averaged like 14 or 13 he's regressed Mm -hmm. since his rookie season while og is continually improving and is the defender ben simmons is like defensively there's no difference completely valid honestly at this point like I've been laughing at all of, like, we, we we wanted Ben. We were joking. We were like, we would have liked Ben on this team. But, unfortunately, the realistic situation is Philly wants things that we realize are better values. So, if the Raptors organization hasn't figured out yet that Philly is not going to give him up for what we want, that's cool. They're probably just continually listening to be like, oh, you're willing to have one less draft pick? Oh, you want this player who's not as good as this player now? Like, 
I think they're just enjoying watching Philadelphia try to figure out what they can do because they're panicking. Like, you don't see it on the outside, you know, the organization looks fine, you know, the players are coming out saying the words that they are, Doc is coming out and doing what he's doing, but you know that the executives and the people who are picking up the phone calling for trades are panicking right now because we have never seen this in the NBA before. Ah, uh, yeah. And the fact that his trade value is just absolutely dropping, um, and as a Raptors fan and somebody who did, you know, preach that we should go get Ben Simmons, I think if we did get him now at this point, it'd have to be for Pascal Siakam one for one. And even then, I don't think Ben Simmons is going to fit into our roster that well because OG Ananobi and Scotty Barnes are very, very similar players to what he is. And so we'll take away from the Scotty Barnes development, which I don't want to do. I love this kid's energy. I think he's fabulous. Um, and he doesn't seem to have the the kind of hesitancy that, that Simmons does when it comes to taking shots. Um, so that's something that you got to admire. That's something that I would prefer to grow um, than taking a player who could potentially be damaged for the rest of his career, who wants the team to be solely built around him, which would mean we're going to have to flip away from this positionless basketball, which we're going to try and rock the league with this year, man. I'm excited about it. We'll get I into agree, it later. Matt. Yeah, yeah, let's let's... Let's talk about some of these preseasons and then one more thing before we talk into Raps yet because as Matt knows, I could talk about Raptors for 20 minutes a day for an hour, every hour, 20 minutes every hour because I'm pumped that Raptors basketball is back. But let's talk about some of these other preseason games because there's a couple that I want to mention, some big things that I saw on opening night as well as the next couple days. So I want to start actually with opening night, that Lakers-Nets game because, you know, not a lot of people played, right? It wasn't a lot of stars, you know. On one hand, Malik Monk was the highest scorer for the Lakers with 15 points. On the other side, the real reason I want to talk about this game is Cam Thomas for the Nets. This kid steals the draft, just saying right now, in 22 minutes, had 21 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists, 7 of 14 shooting, 6 for 7 from the line with one three-pointer. The main reason, in my opinion, that Brooklyn stomped the Lakers was this kid coming out of nowhere and all of the players on LA having no clue what they should do. It was a fun game to open the season, Matt, but it told us, it didn't really tell us very much, right? Like, Brooklyn obviously kind of has the better bench at this point in time, but also, like, six players on either team didn't play, so it doesn't matter. You didn't see any of the top players playing in this. Uh, Cam Thomas did average 23 points at LSU. Um, He's a scoring machine. Uh, We'll see if he can develop his uh, court vision, because that was the biggest knock on him, and that's probably why he fell so far in the draft. But he does look like the steal of the draft. You're right. Uh, Taylor Horton Tucker did not have a good shooting game. Um, Kendrick Nunn, not so great of a shooting game. And and when you don't play your top players, like, you're not going to get the dub. Like, they didn't play Anthony James or Westbrook. And, y- yes, granted, Brooklyn didn't play Harden or Harris or Irving or Durant. But, like, it's just, it's just one preseason <laughs> game. I mean, I mean, Davis played 11 minutes in the first quarter, and it didn't really matter. It was just let him shoot a little bit. But, yeah, we can move on from that because I want to talk about, you know, the next day. What I really want to mention is that Atlanta-Miami game because I really enjoyed watching Kyle play with his new team. I think that he is going to thrive. I think Miami is going to grow and be a much better team because I think Kyle fits in immensely well. I think that the young rookies, I say rookies, they're not really rookies anymore on that team, you know, Hero and Bam, they're gonna love having somebody, you know, of, of Kyle's nature, of his capabilities on the court. And so I'm excited for Miami, and that's why I wanted to bring up that game. 
Well, I would agree with the fact that Kyle Lowry is going to do wonders for that team. I mean, seven assists in 14 minutes of game action. He didn't shoot particularly well, but again, it's preseason, and Kyle Lowry is going to elevate them. He's going to push Tyler Hero to be better. He's going to push their younger players and lead them into spots that that they're going to succeed. So um, I was kind of down on the the heat during the offseason. I didn't I hated the hack the fact that they took Kyle Lowry <laughs> yeah. from us. But again, I, I think they're going to be a good team. I think Kyle Lowry is really going to push them to to the top of the the Eastern Conference. And that could uh, maybe surprise some people. Do you want to do uh, some so some surprises, some positive, some negative ones, or are you wanting to go into Raptors chat? Uh, I'm definitely down to do a little surprises. Like I'm down to chat today. I'm in no rush to go anywhere. I know you're down to chat for days. So yeah, let's talk about some surprise teams to watch because you know we've had a couple of games now. We've you know you and I have broken down the different conferences, the different divisions of where we think things are, and let's start in the East. I- I'm gonna start something that surprised myself when I started thinking about is this Washington Wizards squad. I think that they came out of the Westbrook trade with a couple of players that are going to be willing to come in and make a lot of good decisions. Bradley Beal was this close to being the scoring champion last season, or was he the scoring champion last season? Like, right, Curry, yeah. But, like, I think they're going to surprise people. And I don't mean, like, do well in the playoff surprise, but I mean, like, a lot of people think this team is going to be absolute bottom feeders and Beal needs to get out of there. I could see them showing up, being in the play-in, being relevant for a game or two, but... At the end of the day, it's still the Wizards. Yeah, I think I think you have some kind of credibility there, especially with Kyle Kuzma, um, mm-hmm. who said that he really wanted out of L.A. Uh, he didn't like the, the LeBron-led teams that he was on. He really enjoyed being a young guy with the young core. And then when LeBron came over, his role diminished, his scoring average diminished. So if he can go back to like the 20-point-per-game score that he was in his rookie season almost, I think he averaged like 19 um, with Bradley Beal and you know Roy's good, Huchimura's good. Um, if Avija can take a step, uh, they've got some pieces. I know I make fun of David Spurtans, but he's actually a pretty good NBA player, yeah. especially for uh, a shooting big. Um, so I think you're right. I think they could maybe make the play in there. Um, the, ten to the thirteen. Only thing I want to mention. The only yeah. thing I want to mention is is. Um is the point guard situation, right? Because Dan Whitty's going to be coming back after injury as well. And I think he could come in with Bradley Beal and be confident. So that's another reason why I wanted to talk about how they could be a surprise. Absolutely. I mean, Dan Whitty was having a fabulous season on the Brooklyn Nets before he got hurt. So if he can stay healthy this season, yeah, I think they, they're going to surprise some people. Um, my biggest surprise and something that I'm going to be worried about is the Brooklyn Nets not being a top two seed, maybe even not, not even a top three seed. I could see Milwaukee ahead of them, maybe the Miami Heat, maybe Atlanta. Um, if the 76ers can figure out this whole Ben Simmons package and build around Joel Embiid even more, I mean, he was the MVP front runner for most of the season last year. Um, and I don't think Kyrie is going to get vaccinated. I think he's pretty stubborn about his position. Um, he likes to pretend that he's smarter than everyone. He came out as a flat earther and then, you know, was like, oh, that was all just a joke. Okay, sure it was, Kyrie. Um, like whatever you say, we all believe you. But at the end of the day, he's made a ton of money in his his career. He won't get traded. He said that he was going to retire if they trade him. I think there's it's already a distraction. It's already a headache. 
The NBA is also implementing new rules this year that's going to affect the way that James Harden plays the game. Can um, he can he get enough foul calls to be as effective as he used to be? Yes, he played fabulous last year as a facilitator, but can he score at the same rate? And will that affect how he facilitates? Um, look for Brooklyn to maybe be like a fourth seed, which would be something that I don't think anybody sees right now. I mean, it, it's but it's still completely valid, right? Because injury troubles, what we've seen, like Kyrie missed some games last season, but he's gonna if if he doesn't get vaccinated. And the rules stand pat. He is going to miss half the season minimum, Plus. right? And that's a big that, exactly right. So that's a big deal for this team. So at the end of the day, they'll still make the playoffs. They'll still be a threat to win it all, most likely, right? Because in a year from now, we could be fine, and there might not be a mandate, which would be kind of weird if you know everything. But that, that's a conversation for another day. But I, honestly, Matt, I'm with you on this take. So shall we move to the West? So we talk about another side of things. Yeah, um, if, if you don't mind, I'd like to go first on this one because um, I think people kind of see this, but I think Portland's going to regress even more than they were last year. I think they were a fifth seed last year. I think they're going to come out with a pretty poor start, um, and Damian Lillard's going to re- demand a trade request, and that roster's going to be blown up. Um, and so I'm looking for them to be bottom feeders, which I feel bad for our boy Norm out there who just grabbed the bag, but hey, man getting the bag and being on the last place team ain't the worst situation <laughs> that, that's all right they you know he got his money but yeah portland is kind of just like a big boulder you know being pushed up a hill right now and damian lillard is like the one guy still pushing and if the season starts bad he's gone and it's just you know it's what i mean so he's gonna be gone <laughs> <laughs> right so at the end of the day you know probably a good thought about portland me over here i'm gonna talk about the memphis grizzlies i'm sad that they traded away jv but I think Jaw is going to have a really good year. I like a lot of the players. We talked about it a little bit a while ago. I see them making a jump. Last year, I was amped for them to make the plan and find their way into you know the eighth seed, and then they got stomped around. I think this year they can get you know past the plan if everything works out. Sixth seed is somewhere that I could find this team sitting around. I'd be pleasantly surprised if it were to happen. I think that'd be a big surprise. Jaw kind of regressed a little bit in year two, so hopefully he can take a, a step forward as opposed to kind of a minor step back. Um, but yeah, I could see it happening, man. The West is kind of in a weird position, and especially if, if I have Portland dropping out, man, I like that prediction for the Memphis Grizzlies to kind of take over there. But is it time, my friend? Is it Raptors preseason party time? Because we have... Raptors basketball back. We have preseason basketball back. The 2021-2022 season is almost officially underway. This is the second last podcast before the season starts. Let's get hyped, my friend. Oh, Matt Matt knows how hyped I was. I was just like, well, that first preseason game was happening. I was texting him continuously and then I accidentally, you know, pocket dialed him because I was so amped and he was just laughing about it later, but I loved loved what I saw in that first game, Matt. And even though it's preseason, I'm going to overreact. Scotty and OG, fantastic. They looked so good. My boy Utah, who sadly is going to be missing the game tonight because he's got a left calf strain, he came in and was a huge reason why we were able to break out at the end of the first and go further into the second. Like, I love what I saw about out of these rookies. I think that the Raptors have a tough situation coming up with who they're going to decide to make that full roster or not. But at the end of the day, I thought we were going to have a fun season, Matt, but now I know we're going to have a fun season ahead of us. 
I think we're going to push the boundaries of positionless basketball. Um, I think that we're going to change the game a little bit uh, with the way that we bring the ball up of the court. Uh, it doesn't look like we're going to try and go from a big to a guard. We're just going to let the bigs run. We're going to let the wing players do their thing. Um, Scotty Barnes with that massive dunk over Danny Green got me very excited for what he can become. The no-look pass, too. He was showing off his chops. His defense was already top tier telling guys what to do on the floor um how could you not be excited and og was efficient seven of 12 for 21 points like the guy i think is gonna finally take that step that you and i have been predicting for two years now and just hoping that he could take Mm -hmm. um and you know i think siakam's gonna come back into this lineup and be great i think it's his team now it's gonna be his last shot and we'll, we'll all be great with it i think we're gonna surprise a lot of people. I would have put them as my surprise team in the East, but we knew we were gonna talk about them, you know. Yeah, that, that's it, right? They're our surprise team, regardless. But yeah, there was a lot of beautiful things in that game. For me, you know, I, I remember watching the beginning of that game, and you know, it was we were halfway through the first, and Philly went on like a 13-0 scoring run, and we were down by like 10. And I'm I'm writing down like we have scoring issues, we can't figure out. And then Nurse put in Scotty Banton, who I'm gonna to get to in a second, Utah. Uh, I think Precious was in there as well. And the young kids went to work. And, uh, like, a bunch of minutes later, it was 50-31, to 31, right? And the kids putting things... Matt, in the first half of that game, we had 19 assists on 26 field goals made. Like, that, to me, was wonderful to see. And, and I look at a player like Delano Banton, who, you know, first Raptors getting drafted after. He got a huge ovation when he checked in. And he, I think, not quite the same level, but he's capable of showing that he can... You know, have that same level of being amped like Scotty is, and he's going to be on the court. And when he's there, he's going to hustle and he's going to put in the work. And you know, he's still a second round pick, needs a lot of things to be improved. But I think in a couple of years, Banton could be something for this team. He had a nice uh, play going coast to coast for a good layup. Uh, he looked like he has some f- facilitating chops as as a mm-hmm. longer uh, kind of hybrid guard forward, just kind of like Scotty is. Um, I think he'll develop in the G League really well this season. Um, him and Justin Champagny, who might make our roster after having a, a double-double, 17-10 and 10 the other night. Uh, yeah. He's a steal of a player, man, for, for a guy who went undrafted, but he talked about going undrafted and wanting to come to the Toronto Raptors to be a part of our development team. Um, that's something that everybody's talked about in the NBA, how fabulous our development system is here in Toronto. I think that's why we've got so much hype for Scotty, because even though right now he might be one of the rawest players out of that top five, he might have the highest ceiling. And if highest ceiling is what you want and the development team can get him there, we might have gotten the best player from that draft. It's it's beautiful, man. Regardless of whatever way you put it, like the kid is so aggressive. And he's so amped. Like he, when he was running out, you know, he's a Will Ferrell when they, run. <laughs> like, and then and then when they announced Goron's name, right? And Scotty was just like with him getting pumped. Like I love that relationship, which is kind of hilarious to see develop. But talking about your earlier conversation of us trying to figure out our things, like we've got I think three roster spots left open. One of them is probably going to Utah. It should go to Utah. Toronto, give this man the end of his contract. I think him in Japan and what he had to go through in the Olympics was fantastic for him. 
I know he's getting older, but his hustle is there, and I think he will be a strong member. And I want him to get to play in Toronto because he is a fan favorite who will get absolutely cheered on at home games. So I want him to take... Exactly. So I want him to take one of those three spots. And now we have that conversation of the other two because Champagne looks really good. Freddie Gillespie, probably gone at this point in time. And then you've got a couple other names with Ishmael Wainwright, Isaac Bonga, who I've always really liked, but you know he fits the six. I think he's like six eight, six nine. So he fits the range of that player player uh, skill set, vision, or like body body make that we're looking for. But I don't know if he's going to be there. And then obviously there's um, Reggie Perry uh, and Sam Decker, who may have just been brought in for training camp purposes. But it's going to be really really interesting to see you know what decisions the front office makes. Yeah, I think we have a lot of potential with those last two spots. Um, I think having a guy like Champagny fighting for one of those two spots is a, is a great sign for us. Um, again, I wouldn't mind seeing him in the G League. He's on a two-way contract, so mm-hmm. him and um, De- Delano Banton can, can develop together some chemistry, kind of like Harris and Malachi. Hopefully one of them isn't on PEDs like Harris. Um, and then I think Isaac Bonga fits into what we do as a whole unit. Um, so maybe he can give us some defensive minutes, um, some rotational pieces here and there. But we're talking about the back end of our roster, right? And with a guy like Utah as the, one of the final three roster spots, I think we're in good shape. I think we have a, a very solid, lengthy team. I mean, Doc Rivers talked about it. Once Tobias Harris and Joel Embiid came off the floor, we were much bigger, much longer, much more athletic, and were able to kind of impose our will because of it. And we have high-energy guys like Scotty, like you mentioned. I love what I've been seeing out of the man. He is so hyped to be a Raptor. He's got energy for days. And I think it's just going to be a good season. I honestly have a good feeling about this. I think being back in Toronto is going to help immensely. And watch out Eastern Conference. Watch out New York Knicks. Watch out Charlotte Hornets. You know, the surprise teams from last year. Because you might get knocked down a peg with these Raptors. Honestly... Benchmob may very well be back. One of our favorite things of, you know, pre-championship Raptors basketball, you know, when when Siakam and Freddie, all these things, Raptors Benchmob might be back because if everybody can kind of figure out their minutes and Nurse is willing to experiment, because remember, if you don't play defense, Nurse will not put you on the court. So if everybody is playing defense as an elite level, which as we've discussed in in the past, I think they're a top five defense in the league most likely if everything works out like it's going to be wonderful to see it's going to be awesome to see and bench mob baby bench mob could be back like i don't care what our what our you know our first unit is doing if scotty and the bench are going off like that might be hype at the end of the day absolutely and i liked what i saw out of precious man he made some like good middies uh running the ball up the court uh right now he's gonna probably start with boucher out maybe not but having him as our second center is such an upgrade over last year with Aaron Baines and Alex Len. It's laughable how much of an upgrade that is. So I'm, again, I think we're going to shock a lot of people. I I think we could even have like a top five in the Eastern Conference ceiling, which, you know, it, it is kind of purgatory a little bit. You know, we're not good enough to win a championship. We're not bad enough to get a high-end lottery pick. But with the young players on this team, OG's still under 25, Scotty's only 20, uh, Fred Van Vliet's just hitting his prime, so is Siakam just really entering their the meat of their prime. I think we've got it, man. I think we've got it. 
and also to just add on top of that at the end, it's a new age. It really is a new age of Raptors basketball. All of the pillars of you know the we the North era. It's still the we the North era, but you know the past seven or so years of you know the build up to the championship, we're really past that now. The kids are about to take over. I'm so amped. We got four more preseason games coming up this week. You know, tonight versus Philly, which will be fun. Saturday versus the Celtics, which I'm always amped for. On Monday, that Rockets game against Jalen Green. I'm really excited to see what's going to happen there. And then Tuesday, that kind of like preseason example of what our actual home opener is going to be with the Wizards. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So yeah, Matt, how are we not pumped? How can we not be excited? Because yeah, Raptors basketball, it's back, man. Yeah, and I'm super excited about it because, you know, next time that we're talking, but in two weeks' time, man, we'll have a real NBA game, regular season to talk about. We'll see how this team plays against your surprise Wizards. Um, And I'm excited because I think think we actually have a very, very solid young core that could continue to develop, continue to get better. And that's just exciting as a Raptors fan after what we went through last year being outside of of Toronto playing 72 road games just I'm happy to have the boys back I look forward to the mid 2020 battles of you know the Raptors versus Oklahoma City for like four or five back-to-back championship titles it's gonna be really fun to see (laughs) from your mouth to God's ears buddy I think Boston will have some say in it with uh, Brown and Tatum on their rosters but uh we'll see how it goes (laughs) I can't argue with that logic. He's got me there. All right, let's move into some predictions. I'm going to keep the Raptors ball rolling. It's going to be Scotty, man. He was so close to that double-double. He had nine rebounds. The last rebound he got, he was like, like he was so amped. I thought that was his 10th one, so I was sad. But he's getting a double-double tonight. It's happening. It's going to happen. Scotty's ready. Man, I wouldn't bet against it. The, the kid has so much energy coming out of everywhere. I mean, two steals, two blocks with six assists and 13 points. The guy could have had almost a triple-double, too. Like, if he can get those assists, I love the no-look pass. Uh, I'm not going to bet against Scotty, man, developing and continuing to grow in that role. So I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully he does. Um, But I'm going to the NFL, man. I'm going to take a rookie quarterback uh, because it looks like Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to be playing this week. And I'm going to say he upsets Kyler Murray. I think kind of that similar effect of what the Cardinals or what happened to the Rams against Tampa Bay where they were coming off a big win coming off a high number one in everyone's power rankings believing their own hype you know we have an MVP candidate Matt Stafford let down to the Cardinals same thing's going to happen here MVP candidate Kyler Murray I think the 49ers are going to figure out a way to contain him Um, not that you really can contain Kyler Murray like he just won't be like a video game character out there (laughs) But I, I liked what I saw from Cherry Lance, and the kids got an arm, so I'll take the 49ers in a narrow victory over the Cardinals. Either way, exciting game up ahead. Oh, fabulous game. Perfect, man. Well, anything else this week? No, nah, I think you're good to take us out. Perfect. Well, thanks, everybody, for being here. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Board Sports. Like and subscribe if you're listening from YouTube. And check out TheBoardSports.net for new episodes and blog posts. And we'll talk to you next time.